Welcome to the Hat Soil Health Podcast, a production of Hoosier Ag Today and made possible by the Indiana Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, a program of the Indiana Conservation Partnership. Once a month, we'll spotlight the many efforts around Indiana by CCSI and its many partners to improve soil health on Indiana cropland. Here's the host of the Hat Soil Health Podcast, Eric Pfeiffer. Thank you for joining us here on the Hat Soil Health Podcast. We've got a great program on tap for you today, including new state conservationist Jerry Rayner. I had the opportunity to speak with him earlier this month, and we will get to meet Mr. Rayner on today's podcast. But right now, we're going to talk about soil health and water quality, and we're going to do so with Mark and Phyllis Legan from Legan Livestock and Grain in Putnam County, and also Joe Schmees, the Executive Director of the Indiana Association of Soil and Water Conservation Districts. So thank you all for joining me here. And, and uh, Mark, I want to start with you and Phyllis, and if you could just talk to me a little bit about your operation and uh, what's going on out there at Legan Livestock and Grain. Yeah, it's a pleasure to visit with you here this morning, Eric. And uh, we're setting here towards the end of August, and uh, we've had ample rain. Crops look good. Um, you know, we're looking forward to uh, a bountiful harvest this year. And one thing we take pride in in our farm is being able to manage it and uh, uh, to conserve the resources that we're entrusted with. Uh, one of the core values of our farm is stewardship. And uh, not only do we crop farm about a thousand acres, but we run about 2,300 sows in uh, a breed to wean operation here in Putnam County, uh, producing about 60,000 pigs a year. So when we talk about stewardship, it's not only about conserving the, the soil and the water, but it's also about taking care of our animals and then using the manure resource that we produce uh, in in our cropping system to fully utilize it. Joe, I'm going to bring you in. If, if you could just give us a little bit of your background, uh, how you got involved with the Indiana Association of Soil and Water Conservation Districts. Sure thing. Uh, pleasure to be here today, Eric. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, I've been the executive director for the uh, State Association of Soil and Water Conservation Districts uh, just over three months now. I'm actually fairly new in this position, but not new to water quality and soil conservation. Uh, I originally had worked for the Indiana Department of Environmental Management and uh, their Office of Water. Began in monitoring about 11 years ago, moved up into watershed planning and restoration, providing technical assistance, and that's where I got my first start with soil and water districts, uh, providing watershed planning assistance. And then the last three years of my career at IDEM, I had been managing the watershed planning and restoration section. And just recently, like I said, moved in here at the uh, state association. We are the association at the state level for the soil and water conservation districts in the 92 counties here in Indiana. Um, we're made up of a board of farmers and uh, really represent the districts at the state level. I'm going to start with an easy one as we are talking again about soil health and water quality. And here in a moment, we're going to tie all of this back to uh, what we just finished not too long ago, the greatest 17 days of summer in the Indiana State Fair. But first, I want to ask, what is a watershed? You know, that's a great question, Eric. I once had a slide in a presentation, and I would show that slide defining a watershed, not only to folks that had no idea, but to experts. 
because it's very important that people kind of grasp that concept. So a watershed is, in its simplest definition, all of the land that drains water to a single point of drainage, maybe a river or a stream. So it's all the land that drains off into that point. So it can be as small as a creek in your backyard, or it can be all of the land that drains to the Gulf of Mexico. So, you know, it's hard because most people don't think about land in terms of drainages and where the water flows, some more than others. And I would argue that most farmers think of water that way more so than folks that live in an urban setting. But, uh, you know, we're used to thinking along political boundaries, along our counties and that kind of framework. So it's really hard when you talk to people that don't have an idea of what a watershed is for them to to conceptually really get it. But it's really important when you're working on water quality for folks to understand that definition. So let's tie this back to the Indiana State Fair and the pathway to water quality. Uh, this is kind of a model watershed that might help folks understand that a bit more. Is that right, Joe? Absolutely. That's exactly what it is, Eric. Yeah, it's on the, the northeast corner over near the Boy Scout Bridge, um, near Little Hands on the Farm. And uh, it is, exactly as you described it, a model watershed. It starts with a little bit of a, a spring cascade at the front of the exhibit. And the stream slowly works its way through the exhibit across different land uses through a wetland around the back of the exhibit and then basically drains out to a pond in the front. But the idea is that as folks walk along this pathway through the watershed, they get an idea of all the different ways that different land uses impact that water. So you have an urban setting in the front with a home. Um, we've recently added a neat display on the backside of that in regards to a septic system, which most folks really don't know what a septic system looks like, even if they have one. Uh, the pathway wanders back through. You see um, cropland examples. You see forest examples. We have uh, examples on the backside of uh, a cutout of a, a well which is another thing that most folks that have a well don't really have an idea of what that really looks like in the ground. We actually have a working water well that folks can have a drink of water out of, you know, and they kind of work their way around this model watershed and they get an idea of how all these different things impact the water. And you kind of end up towards the, towards the end of the pathway with a pasture, grazing area and we have an education area which is really focused on getting those children that are coming through to get an idea of you know what is a watershed and how the different uses urban and agriculture impact that water again you're listening to the hat soil health podcast presented by the conservation cropping systems initiative that was joe schmees the executive director of the indiana association of soil and water conservation districts and also on the line, I've got Mark and Phyllis Legan with Legan Livestock and Grain in Putnam County. Back in 2016, you were awarded with the River Friendly Farmer Award. Back in 2014, the American Soybean Association Conservation Legacy Award as well. Uh, I assume that while you were out there, you made your way to the Pathway to Water Quality uh, exhibit. Uh, what were your thoughts about trying to educate folks on 
how this all works with, with water quality. Yeah, I think the uh, Pathway to Water Quality exhibit is an excellent exhibit uh, for the urban people as well as uh, farmers and, uh, and people from rural Indiana to better understand, you know, that we, we're all together in this and we all have an interest in, uh, in making sure that the waters in our uh, lakes and streams and even the, the groundwater is as clean as possible. And, you know, agriculture covers a lot of acres in Indiana and uh, the potential to, to impact it, whether it's, you know, crop farms or livestock farms, is tremendous and uh you know we're we're not perfect by any means but you know we're always trying to do a better job in, in how we utilize and manage the resources we have it's interesting to listen to joe talk about watersheds and uh you know i can look out the window at our office here this morning and uh, literally within 100 yards of two watersheds our main uh, sow barn, actually the, the east side of the roof, flows into the Mill Creek watershed, and the west side of the roof uh, flows into the Big Walnut uh, watershed here in Putnam County. So, you know, there's not a doubt in my mind that, you know, we can impact those watersheds, and there's things we can do to, to improve the water that comes off both sides of that roof. And... Uh, you know, through technology, through uh, implementing uh, various conservation practices, uh, you know, we we work to do that. Mark, talk to me about some of those conservation practices. Uh, obviously, uh, over over half of Indiana's land is cropped, so changes in management systems they can have profound impacts on water quality. No till, cover crops, use of four R, those types of things are are essential to providing that water quality, what are some of the things that you're doing out on your farm that uh, that impacts that? Yeah, I guess uh, maybe before I do that, Eric, I'd like to, to back up. Uh, our farm is a little unique in that uh, neither Phyllis or I grew up on a farm. We're, uh, we're a first-generation farm, uh, so to speak. After I graduated in animal science from Purdue, I spent seven years as an agriculture extension agent with Purdue University. And um, and actually, the first crop I ever put out was in 1983, uh, the year after I graduated from college. And, uh, you know, one thing that was unique about that year, that it was a drought year. Uh, also, I should mention that was the year we were married. But um, uh, working that ground that first year, and, you know, we no-till. No-till was relatively new in the early 80s. Uh, we've not no-tilled every year, uh, but I guess I'm proud to say, you know, today that um, the ground we farm, the thousand acres we farm, is in a continuous no-till situation. We're 100% cover crops in both the corn and soybean ground. Uh, we do do some tillage. Uh, one thing to make no-till work, uh, you've got to have the ground tiled. And uh, we've pattern tiled all the ground we own. We've worked with landowners to pattern tile uh, the ground that they own to the extent that we can. Uh, but we feel, you know, we've got to be able to do that to no-till these silty clay loam soils that uh, want to hold the water in the spring. And uh, once you tie that ground, you've got to work it for a year or so to, to get it leveled out. 
but uh, you know certainly no-till and our past experiences in, in doing that uh, benefits the soil and the water quality. Uh, one of the largest pollutants in the, the water uh, that can come off crop fields is sediment. And, um, you know, we, we feel pretty strongly that no-till and even with the use of cover crops, we can hold that soil in place uh, about as well as you can with, with any type of uh, cropping system. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, it also allows us to, to lower our machinery costs. We need fewer machines, uh, less trips across the field. And we feel that also by using the cover crops, we're improving the soil health there. There's a lot of uh, stuff we don't understand uh, about soil act and biological activity in the soil. But uh, I guess we feel that keeping a, a growing crop, a growing root in that soil, not only helps hold it and stabilizes it, but um, you know keeps the biological activity going year round. Uh, we are livestock farmers, and uh, you know pigs are the the main thing that we do here on our farm. But we also like to think that we're taking care of the livestock uh, in the soil, and that uh, you know they they will help us uh, with the growing crops. Whether it's uh, in a dry year, uh, you know we've tried to get the soil in shape where it will uh, build organic matter where it can absorb what rain we have, or even in a wet year, uh, you know, by not having compaction and running multiple tillage trips uh, allows the soil to drain better. Uh, in addition to no-till and cover crops, you know, we've also worked with uh, the local soil and water conservation district and, uh, and then natural resource conservation service and uh, putting in some waterways uh, where we do have uh, some erosion issues that we can't stabilize with no-till and cover crops. We also use uh, some buffer strips uh, that are in the conservation reserve program on uh, drainage areas. And, uh, you know, one thing, too, uh, kind of a side benefit from that is, uh, you know, we've got a pond here. Uh, where we live on the, the, the farm where the pigs are. And, uh, you know, we've been able to utilize some warm season grass plantings to not only benefit the soil and the water quality, but also as a wildlife benefit there too. Again, you're listening to the Hatch Soil Health Podcast presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative. I'm Eric Pfeiffer with Hoosier Ag Today, joined by Joe Schmees, the Executive Director of Indiana Association of Soil and Water Conservation Districts, and also Mark and Phyllis Legan with Legan Livestock and Grain in Putnam County. And I mentioned before that the Legans were recipients of the 2016 River Friendly Farmer Award. Uh, if you could, Joe, talk a little bit about those awards, uh, what the, the requirements are, uh, who sponsors the awards, when are they presented, uh, those types of things about the River Friendly Farmer Awards. Sure thing. So the River Friendly Farmer Award is organized and presented by the State Association of Soil and Water Districts um, in assistance with the 92 county soil and water conservation districts. Uh, annually, each soil and water conservation district can nominate up to two farmers uh, for this award. 
the awards are sponsored by the Indiana Farm Bureau, and uh, we present them on Farmer's Day at the Indiana State Fair. So this year, that was August 15th, we recognized 49 farmers who were awarded from 39 counties, um, and we had 36 that showed up in attendance there that day to receive their award. You know, they are recognized for their work in conservation and improving the soil and land and, you know, ultimately improving water quality. So it's, it's a really neat ceremony. The ribbons are handed out by Farm Bureau President uh, this year, Randy Crone, and uh, the uh, certificates are, are handed out by the Lieutenant Governor. We have other conservation partners. You mentioned uh, Jerry Rayner earlier. He was here this year for River Friendly Farmer and gave wonderful remarks. Um, and then we have remarks by Lieutenant Governor. So it's a really great opportunity on an annual basis for the soil and water conservation districts to, you know, recognize those folks that are out there doing the work and leading the way to improve water quality. And Phyllis, if you could just touch on what it meant to receive that award back in 2016, uh, obviously, you know, anytime you're awarded for for something like this, trying to uh, conserve and and really leave things better for the next generation that has to feel pretty good sure eric um you know it was an honor to receive that award um i think it just you know talking about the number of uh, farms or farmers that receive that award each year it it just uh, shows that each of us doing you know our small part um contributes to the big picture you know we talk about these big problems far and you know we think oh they're far away in the gulf of mexico or wherever well it all starts somewhere, and if each of us can do our part in cleaning up the water, um, keeping the soil on the land, that's going to add up to change that picture or to affect that picture. Mark, if you could, you know, we're, we've been talking about some of the things that you've been doing on your farm, and, and you are obviously an advocate for conservation practices and for supporting water quality. Who did you learn from when trying to implement many of these things, and how are you trying to pay that forward by helping other folks do the same thing? Well, I think there's uh, multiple people, you know, that I've learned from over the years. And and really, I think from our farm standpoint, uh, you know, some of the, the conservation aspects go back to some of the people I worked with in extension uh, you know, here in Putnam County, when I first came in the early 1980s as an agriculture extension agent, uh, George Murphy with the Soil Conservation Service had a, uh, you know, an impact, a huge impact on uh, helping me understand uh, conservation basics. Uh, Putnam County has always, in my mind, been a leader in soil conservation work. Uh, the Ames family, uh, you know, the Caches uh, were some of the early adopters of no-till and cover crops and continue that today. Um, you know, one thing, uh, here in Putnam County, we have DePaul University. And back in the, the early to mid-90s, they started doing some tile line monitoring. They created uh, some angst, I guess you could say, amongst uh, uh, farmers. 
And it became evident to us that, you know, we, we can uh, impact uh, the water quality. And it was based on some of that tiling monitoring work that DePaul did. And then, uh, you know, we got our own house kit and started doing uh, a tiling monitoring as well. But, uh, you know, because of that, or one reason um, because of that, we moved the sows off the pasture lots and uh, and chose to house them indoors. Um, the idea that we could uh, contain and store those nutrients and better utilize them and, and better place them than just having the sows run outside is, is one of those. One of the assets of being a Putnam County farmer is that there's a core group of us that are, are trying to do a better job, and I learned you know, as much from other farmers in the area, and not only Putnam County, but throughout the state, uh, you know, Indiana is looked at as a leader in soil health and soil conservation, and uh, the opportunity to share and learn from other farmers is, is very valuable as well. And and that's that's the thing. Nobody just picks this up. You've got to learn it from somewhere. There are resources. Obviously, other farmers can be resources, as Mark just mentioned, uh, Joe, if you could uh, chime in here and talk a little bit about the Indiana Conservation Partnership, uh, all of the, the different uh, places that people can go for resources to get started with things like no-till, uh, cover crops. Uh, if you could just touch on that and how the Indiana Conservation Partnership works together. Yeah, absolutely. The Indiana Conservation Partnership, and I tell folks this from other states when I encounter them, is amazing to me. Uh, in my previous career working uh, with other states, clean water programs, when I would go to conferences and learning about how things were in other places, I was amazed at how well our different organizations in Indiana work together. So the Indiana Conservation Partnership is a partnership between the US, U.S. Department of Agriculture, Farm Service Agency, Natural Resources, Conservation Service, the Indiana State Department of Agriculture, the Indiana Association of Soil and Water Conservation Districts and the 92 County Soil and Water Conservation Districts, uh, Purdue Extension, the Indiana Department of Environmental Management, the Indiana Department of Natural Resources, and then the State Soil Conservation Board. So you have this partnership that recognizes the need for soil and water conservation and understands that we all play a part but that if we don't communicate and work together we won't move the needle in conservation working in our separate spheres i guess as how you would say it but but i've been surprised when i've heard folks from other states uh you know iowa for example that when i've been at a conference and individual will say to me, you know, how do you work so well together in Indiana? And, you know, I've been working with Conservation Partnership um, for the last seven years in my past job and now in my current position. Um, but it's been working together for some time. And, you know, it's something that's unique, that uh, is not easy to replicate. So, you know, getting started with the Conservation Partnership, uh, one of the things that we do is we work to provide training for conservation employees so that across all those partners, you know, each of those 
agencies, organizations can really deliver, you know, conservation and technical assistance to folks at the local level. While, you know, we work um, with the Conservation Partnership Leadership Team, you know, on things statewide and we meet every other month, you know, the work gets done at the local level. So really the, the first place to start is at that county level, you know, at that USDA service center with your your NRCSDC and your Soil Water Conservation District, you know, they're your, your first contact there and they know, you know, the local ins and outs. And they're really that first step. Now we have other programs. Uh, so this podcast being sponsored by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, uh, you know, CCSI is a program of the Indiana Conservation Partnership. But, you know, CCSI provides ample opportunity for, you know, individual technical assistance, assistance with putting together field days and trainings at the local level. So, you know, you have this organization, if you want to call it, the Indiana Conservation Partnership that is working together to find the best ways possible to deliver that conservation message and that technical assistance. So my thanks again to Joe Schmees from the Indiana Association of Soil and Water Conservation Districts and also Mark and Phyllis Legan from Legan Livestock and Grain in Putnam County. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having us, Eric. All right. Thanks for having us, Eric. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Jerry Rayner is the new state conservationist for the state of Indiana. And I had the opportunity to chat with Jerry earlier this month to get a background on him and what brought him to Indiana. Well, I'm, I'm from North Carolina, I'm raised on a farm there. I've, I've been with the Conservation Partnership um, for a little over 30 years. Uh, 25 of that has been with the Natural Resource Conservation Service. What brings me to Indiana is the position of state conservationist. Um, I, I've prepared myself throughout my career to... Uh, um, obtained the position um, and and applied for it. Uh, applied for several of those positions, um, but luckily I've cho- I was chosen for the position here in Indiana, uh, which I'm very fortunate to have, and um, I look forward to working with the conservation partners here in Indiana. You've been on the job for a little while now. What are some of your uh, impressions of of Indiana so far, and and how we are? Uh, doing on the conservation front? When it comes to conservation, and, and it's known um, uh, pretty much nationwide that, that Indiana's leading in the conservation effort in, in many areas. Um, nationally, there's a soil health uh, initiative, and Indiana took that initiative on prior to beca- it becoming a national initiative. Um, in, in the areas of water quality, we're making a lot of efforts there, um, especially in the northern areas. Um, in the Western Lake uh, Erie Basin, um, the Great Lakes area, we're making a lot of strides to to improve conservation in those areas. Uh, there's a lot of work going on, but there's still a lot to be done. And um, again, Indiana being on the forefront of that, we're going to be in a uh, we're in a great place. And and my role here is to to make that even better. 
and what are some of your priorities going forward to to help make it better? What are some of the things that are uh, kind of uh, in your lane here to, to try to get in and take care of? One of the things, uh, our primary goal is to, to continue the relationships we have uh, and then enhance and, and increase the number of partnerships in which we deliver conservation. Uh, although NRCS, um, uh, we, we represent uh, our, our customers and clients on a national level, at the local level, it's, it's very important that we have partners, conservation partners on board with us to help deliver the message, but also to get conservation on the ground. So again, one of my primary goals is to, to enhance and increase those partnerships but as well as looking at new technology, innovative technology that will help uh, um, ensure production, um, help farms become more sustainable, um, but also build those relationships with the farmers themselves because they're the ones that are, that are providing us a lot of direction and a lot of guidance when it comes to these innovative practices, innovative technology. Um, they're leading um, or already using some of these things, we just want it to be um, more widespread. Um, again, the, 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 the goal of our agency is, is production, making, making farms sustainable and helping increase production because we have a nation that we have to feed. Uh, and I think Indiana's in a good place to to help lead in a lot of those areas. That's Jerry Rayner, new state conservationist for the state of Indiana, and that does it for the Hat Soil Health Podcast August edition. We'll speak to you again next month when we talk about some of those pesky fall emerged weeds like marestail and some systems for control, including cover crops. We also invite you out to Shooter Sunset Farms on September sixth in Frankton, Indiana. It'll be an overview of the Shooter Sunset Farms parallel operation of strip-till corn, no-till soybeans, and no-till wheat, along with organic production of those same crops. Again, that is September 6th in Frankton, Indiana. You can get more information at HoosierAgToday.com. Thanks for listening and downloading the Hat Soil Health Podcast presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today. Indiana's leading farm network.